Welcome to the Power Up Podcast. I'm your host, Trevor Scullion. Join me for some powerful conversations with members of the Substation Design Solutions Industry Consortium, the SDSIC. I'll chat with members about the consortium, innovations, how they're implementing different technologies, even some of the projects they're working on to address the growing needs of our power grid. Today's guest is Josh Clark. Josh is a design drafter at PPL Electric Utilities and the chair of our physical committee for the SDSIC. Thanks for joining me today, Josh. Thank you for having me. Yeah, man. So listen, as you know, this podcast was really for SDSIC members, right? We're 1,700 strong. So we're, you know, we wanted everyone to get to know some of the longest standing members, get to know the chairs and co-chairs and the backgrounds of people that volunteer for this thing. So you know, we really started with kind of all the leadership team and longstanding members, and then we'll go on further and keep going and talking to different members. So to that end, uh, let's talk about your, your background uh, a little and, and how you got into PPL. I basically went to school for, for drafting, started out as a, in a precaster doing precast walls hmm. and eventually got into PPL drafting. Okay. Uh, hired on there. So, and then when uh, it came time to do the, you know, th- we're looking at 3D and, and some other things that we want to, you know, get new technology, you know, and get into. I was part of that initial team as, unfortunately, we had an, an elderly and older staff, you know, a lot, of, a lot of experience, a lot of good experience, but I was the young guy of the group. So that was kind of how I got elected by default to go after new technology being the young guy and Hmm. it it evolved into you know we had a team at first and that team kind of went to team of one in the beginning Hmm. so it it was just me in the beginning that stood a lot of this you know with help from other people with outside of ppl to to move this on and i've been heavily involved ever since Wow. So what was the, so castings, was it like metal castings you went to school for? Well, I went to school for drafting, but I, I started with a, a precaster. They did precast walls. So they actually they had a plant mm. uh, and they, they cast, you know, controlled climate of cast panels and stuff. And then they trucked them into a job site. So basically oh. the, uh, they did big warehouses, yeah. national accounts with Lowe's, Home Depot's. Oh, you know, gotcha. kind of, kind oh, of neat. Cool. If you like buildings, you know, it was kind of neat, but. Yeah, that's cool. I didn't know that. So that was what, uh, what technology were you using when you did that? We actually, we were using AutoCAD, but it involved to, you know, they would, it's funny, you know, we talk about technology even here and how, how things progressed. And originally when I started there, we did, you know, you know, it was all AutoCAD and, and they'd go out and they'd met, you know, the produce the panels that they made, it was, you know, by tape measure and marking this stuff off and everything on the beds. And then what it entailed. So, you know, I left there was they were actually taking that AutoCAD image, you know, it was actually done in 3d. We actually layered it in 3d, you know, program that we had modified and they laser projected all that stuff on. So no longer was the tape measure used to casting the bed and our accuracy went up tenfold from that so yeah so so it was quite interesting so i you know i was actually exposed to kind of the 3d 
process a little bit there in the manufacturing, you know, a little bit different from, you know, different from what we're doing today, but still that the idea of 3D and being able to capture everything, you know, yeah. so accurately and stuff was important. Uh, that's great. And that was, and when I met you, I think you were already on Inventor and everything when I met you. Yeah, when we met, uh, we just started, we just started, you know, had our training in Inventor and we were getting uh, the toolkit under, uh, I don't know mm. what version, one of the early versions. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, early, early versions. Early versions. And I, of, of the team in the beginning, the first person I met in person and a, a shout out and, you know, I know he passed, but we met Dan, we drugged Dan up from Florida to PA and, and still the cold weather. So how we manage that, I don't know, but... <laughs> <laughs> and was present and uh I, I always remember that uh that you know we were one of the few that uh i that i got to meet dan in person that's right that's right yeah dan so dan gerlock that uh has, has passed on and uh we have an award for dan up on the sdsic website now uh kind of honoring folks that are putting an innovation into the sdsic so yeah thanks for that man that's uh Great memories of Dan. He certainly did a lot for the industry and came up with a lot of technology back then. So, yeah, he was, oh, he always loved working with you guys. It's one of the ways he got him out of the house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I always remember, you know, our conversations always seem to start up. I don't know if I'm doing it wrong or if there's an error in the program. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Dan was, you know, he was, uh, he had a master's in like rocket science and a minor in computer science. And you know, so we used to tell him, it's not rocket science, Dan. Come on, you, you got this, right? <laughs> but, you know, he'd get quiet when, when he couldn't explain something. So, so dude, let's, uh, let's touch on some of your kind of 3D experiences then. Like you, you had to have seen some pretty good advantages, like you just mentioned, even at uh, even the work you did at PPL. Yeah, I mean, I, obviously, I saw it way back even before I started at PPL with, you know, like I said, at the precaster. So, you know, it was yeah. you know, the idea of being able to put everything into a space and work out your design and check your clearances and, you know, the build material to automatically develop. Mm -hmm. And I, I think I think along the way of the things that we've had and, and done on the projects, how much better it was the visual experience of seeing in a 3d and what change uh help change and modify our designs and, and struggle you know get through those challenges that we might have on a, any given project mm. I, I think the visual aid alone is worth everything it explains especially for somebody new coming in that doesn't know you know what's a what's a substation you know and you know not a lot of people have to have you know utility experience or you're getting people fresh out of school you yeah. know to be able to show stuff to them and if physically can kind of see it you know on, on a screen at least versus you know having to go out in the field and especially since it's you know you go out in the field you know there's a level of danger mm -hmm. involved you know that you have to you know make sure you're safe you know there's live components there you can't get close to anything but you know in a 3d you know when you're working on a computer you can see all that stuff you don't really have to do about getting shocked i yeah. wouldn't say it never uh <laughs> shock but it's not like being out in the uh in the field there so i i think that's you know that's the first and, and thing that you see you know the advantage of all this new technology and whatnot out there that 3d has its advantages you have those nice pretty pictures and you could show mm -hmm. that off and that really gets it everybody oohing and wowing yeah it's, and it's uh it really is one of those technologies that once you move from kind of a 2d drafting world and you start doing 3d it's 
almost impossible to go backwards. You just, you don't want to go back to 2D and, and making section and elevation drawings by hand or any of that stuff, right? You, you've, it's like you see the, the matrix. Yeah, you, you said it there. It's like having to go back and do a 2D printer, update a 2D drawing. You know, it's not re related to your 3D model. It's like, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. Yeah. <laughs> it even gets to the point where, you know, it's, you know, we're using Inventor. And when I have to go to use AutoCAD, it's like, I don't want to use AutoCAD anymore. Yeah. <laughs> like Inventor yeah. now. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a, without any intelligent 3D tools or anything, right? It just got painful. Painful to update a bill material table by hand. Painful to have to update a sketch of on a side view or well, does it match the top view? I mean, forget that. I, I think one of the things I noticed the difference is, you know, when you had AutoCAD, you just clicked on it and made it work or edited the text to say whatever you wanted it to say where <laughs> you know an intelligent 3d model you're not doing that you're, if, if it's coming out with the wrong text so, well, that means my property is wrong and i have to go in and back and edit that you know it's you know so it's it's not the dumbed down thing you know mm -hmm. there's a little bit more that you have to be concerned about as far as making a change but it's nice when you make the change in the model and then your 2d drawing is you know already updated when you get there so yeah, that's right. Yep. You focus on the model and the drawings are free. Yep. <laughs> I remember sure. I remember looking at hand drawings. It was clearly a rectangle. But if you looked at the two dimensions, it was like 36 by 36. Because <laughs> someone just changed the text, right? It's like, well, yeah. well that's confusing as hell. <laughs> I, I can never get past Well, it looks like it's square. This is supposed to line up with one another. And it really is not supposed to. It's just how somebody sketched it in. <laughs> <laughs> it was creative. Very creative. Yeah, 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 that's for sure. Is it is it really a straight line? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, and you, you were one of the first people with PPL that was showing and, and really talking about uh, VR. You know, like, I mean, years ago, uh, I remember talking with you and we were trying to set up some demos and things, but you were really kind of pushing that envelope. You touched on, on 3D, but you were really thinking about training and trying to do all that stuff many years ago. Yeah, we, we try. We were we were actually I remember that early on working with you that we actually accomplished taking one of our substations that we had modeled in Inventor and pushing it all the way into VR and being able to walk it. That was and we actually used it as we got new engineers in and while we were in the office, we used it as an experience for them to, you know, people got a real kick, especially, you know, as you get to the younger folks that are more into technology and whatnot. Mm -hmm. So getting to see that was was quite the thing that's uh, our challenge with that was just the sheer massive data and all the parts that we had to yeah. do something like that. And I, I remember working, I was actually working on with a gaming engine to try and, you know, make something. And I, by no means am I a programmer. So that probably that's why it didn't go so well, but I had, I actually had it. I had one of our subs in a gaming engine that I could kind of like walk around and had yeah. some kind of clash detection on it so that it didn't allow you to actually walk into a building or keep you know kept you away or mm -hmm. kept you away from a structure you could actually walk into the building into the entrance you know the right you know the door and everything you can actually go into the, the control cube but and awesome. i was actually getting you know trying to get some of the data over and stuff was you know somewhat of a challenge but i had it so that the parts were actually showing up that you know you select the individual parts they were kind of highlighting and then 
<laughs> unfortunately things with the job you know you had to change focus and and commit couldn't you know couldn't spend all the time that i wanted to on that that was definitely would certainly like to pick that up one of these days again but you know like anybody early into that man you, you started that early and you were on the bleeding edge because it's it's certainly come a long way now and it probably a lot more we could do if we took another visit to that you were pretty early, man. So it was, it was, it was bleeding edge trying to get that stuff going, but yeah, 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 yeah it, was really good. it was good foresight. A lot, a lot of that stuff out there that, you know, free to use just couldn't handle the sheer size of yeah. our everything. Yeah. We definitely, uh, I think back then we were pushing the breaking limit of a lot of things. <laughs> yeah, that's right. They said, Oh, that's why they charge for software. There you go. It's good. <laughs> that's really, yeah. The freebies are tough to compile. <laughs> Well, that's good, man. So let's talk about how you got involved with the SDSIC because I remember you being there early. I don't know how long you've been there now. Uh, it, I, it's, I want to say it was our first time visiting was down in Alabama, and okay. Birmingham, or whatever year I, I was lose track. Whatever. Yeah. I, I, I know, I know we started, we started our 3D journey kind of like we went, you know, to a couple of utilities. I think Duke was one of the big ones that we, yeah. talk to you in the beginning as far as you know benching with but we kind of started on our own before getting onto the consortium and somewhat i wish we wouldn't have had to you know cause especially because it was at the time that was like i said before it was really just me so having somebody else to bounce questions off of and and this yeah. and that when we were getting started would have been a, a great help um <laughs> some, somehow we we managed to uh to get something working and then when we joined uh the consortium and everybody kind of looked at the landscape everything's and and wow we were right there with some of the people that had started the consortium kind of yeah by, by kind of you know I, i'll say a little bit of luck involved in that <laughs> but, uh, um i think it was a little bit of a mess on our part to not sign up as early you know we were encouraged to get involved but we didn't we held back a little bit and i think we would have been better off getting in especially once we made that commitment when we were doing this right. type of thing to, to get involved just have somebody else to talk to and, and um, work through ideas because you know it's it's so a massive amount of scope of what you're trying to do and it's hard to focus in on those little pieces sometime or you get sidetracked on some of the little pieces and forget about the bigger picture. So, yeah, but that was, that was our involvement. And I think I attended one face to face and, and hmm. next thing I know, I'm, uh, you know, got on the monthly meetings and started participating and uh, they were asking me to do more. <laughs> <laughs> so, so was it the, uh, I'm wondering like who first got you involved? Cause I know you were, you were co-chair first for the physical committee. So, so one of our one of our founding members, I hope we'll hear from him on one of these podcasts soon. Jeremy Morton was uh, the guy that reached out to me and, and got me. He was the chair at the time of the physical committee, and he needed a co-chair. And uh, he reached out to me and asked me if I was interested. And uh, basically, he he started my involvement as far as the leadership here at the. Uh, the consortium okay. and then i also have to shout out to john thomas who was the chair of the whole consortium at the time as well great support and and really coaching me on a lot of my speaking you know my public speaking and and just helping me along be you know be a leader of this organization so those two guys really uh you know started off and of course yourself trevor there as well uh helping me out with things 
Yeah, you've done a great job, Josh. And yeah, I mean, big shout out to Jeremy. So I did get Jeremy on a on a podcast. We just have to edit it and get it published. <laughs> but yeah, I had Jeremy on. I'm trying to track down John Thomas too. So yeah, I mean, they're such good mentors in in the whole consortium, right? Like, yeah, I mean, I had never I had never met them before, talked to them before I got involved with the consortium. I had no idea who they were, but they welcomed me with open arms, like anybody. I think here at the consortium will you know it's just such a friendly environment and everybody wants to help each other out and it mm -hmm. showed really what the consortium is about about not only you know helping you out as far as you know the the work things that you're doing you know the the challenges there but then just as a person and you know being a leader and everything you have a lot of great support there from especially from members that have been involved for such a long time or there at the beginning yeah it's been great watching you grow man you like you have really and jeremy did give you a shout out on his podcast when you hear that he uh you know he was it's been very impressive to see how you picked it up and ran with it right you know jeremy touches on it like a lot of introverts in engineering and design that are in the in the office making things happen but not someone to get up on stage and talk in front of a thousand people right so it's the, yeah yeah way out of your comfort zone Oh, yeah, we're, we're, we're like, we're like those typical people you think of, you know, locked in, you know, locked in your cubes and weird individuals that you show light and they go hiss and, you know, everything <laughs> else. Yeah, yeah, but it, look, that's like everything you just described is, is a perfect lead in for the SDSIC for all the new folks listening, right? It's maybe not the most coddled group, but everyone's there to support you and help and try to get you involved and, and there's no bad ideas that are shouted out everyone's taken serious and there's some great ideas and concepts that come from those kinds of discussions anyhow wow absolutely because it's so big as broad as what we're trying to do so you know kind of everybody's working on little pieces so you pick up little things whether you're you know been doing this for years or just getting involved you know they get started at but everybody's so open you know about you know sharing and helping one another with things in that environment and I, I hope listening to some of this stuff that you can see that we have a good time and we're not you know uh we do you know get stuff done and, and do the work and stuff but very friendly group and you know with each other it's you know kind of you know some of my best friends now are part of this consortium and met through all this you know working together and networking yeah excellent yeah and it's <laughs> it has been you know we keep it pretty light and i think it's great to have it kind of lighthearted and a lot more discussions happen because folks don't feel threatened and there's no kind of animosity, right? And they just get the ideas flowing. Yeah. And I think everybody's so approachable. You know, you can come up to anybody as far as, you know, the leadership or experienced people and strike up a conversation. They're, you know, anybody's more than welcome. And it doesn't matter whether you're, you know, a drafter like myself or, you know, all the way to an executive. I've met executives of big companies and stuff, and I can talk to them just as I would talk to a fellow drafter or engineer. Yeah. Uh, whatnot. <laughs> so I, I, I think that's, you know, one thing that's really impressed me over the, the run and involvement with uh, the consortium. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's, that's a great point for all the folks just joining and, and just getting started here. And I want to just point out that you've done such a good job. You got reelected again, didn't you? 
Yeah. Yep. <laughs> sign up, sign up and you're stuck with me for another two years. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's a big shout out to you that you kept going. You do such a good job. I don't think anyone even felt that you needed to be challenged for any kind of, you know, everybody, I mean, everyone I talked to said, no, Josh has got to do it again. Like we can't let him, we can't let him leave. And <laughs> <laughs> want to let go. <laughs> yeah. So it's great, man. Uh, congratulations. So that was Kansas, right? You got reelected again as chair. Yep. Yep. We got reelected. Appreciate that shout out. Um, you know, again, I, I try the best that I can and, and give everything that I got towards it and, you know, keep everybody involved, you know, from beginners to, you know, people that have been there for time. I want to make sure I'm, I'm hitting everybody, you know, that everybody finds value within something that we're doing, you know, here in the physical committee, at least that I can control. That's awesome. Yeah. And it's, uh, you know, it's very true that uh, I think <laughs> early on, just uh, trying to get people involved and, you know, trying to keep them involved. It's, you know, it's volunteer work, you don't get paid, it's all extra outside of your current day to day jobs and everything. So, you know, big thanks to you for doing it for so long and, and keeping it going and doing such a great job, man. It's it, every monthly call yours is the most filled committee <laughs> by far. It's just, been absolutely incredible the amount of uh, interest you get every month and at the meetings themselves it's the biggest room pretty much all the time yeah i mean there's been many a face-to-faces you know our our committee's been bursting at the seams and in, mm-hmm. in some of the meetings you know i think that's you know part of our content and you know we have some great presenters that you know present all the time out there you know trying to you know get everybody involved on that and like you said you know and i don't know what it is but we've had an uptick too in our monthly calls as far as the people attending it seems over the, you know especially at the beginning of the year our, our numbers have been high so shout out to everybody that's you know been on those calls and, and thank you and keep supporting us yeah that's true so let's uh let's touch the monthly calls let's let's talk about that a little bit because i know you know it's tough when some folks are coming in and that's kind of what we're hoping this podcast will do is give people a chance to listen to it and understand what your committee is about and everything before they get on a call. Uh, you know, your name pops up on the Zoom and you're worried you're going to get called out or questions or anything. <laughs> but let's talk about the monthly calls. Like, what's the expectation? Just people join and you guys have a chat about what? Yeah, I, I'll say I will start out with answering the one question as I don't call people out. I mean, <laughs> the only one that I may call out is some of our software uh supporters you know that we have on the line you know we typically you know you know have those software people there um throughout our, you know the monthly calls or like my co-chair or something um just if i forget something and <laughs> or other or other uh consortium leadership that's about all you will hear me call out anybody there you go uh, on on the thing as far as anybody else i i do not call anybody else out uh we we do pretty regular meet every you know month the every i think when we have a face-to-face meeting or something like that do i cancel um mm-hmm. a, a meeting out there but you know for the most part you know I, I try and update everybody on you know what's going on overall with the consortium if there's any news on that stuff and, and really try and dive into what the you know what we're doing with 3d is you know offer people a chance to ask questions or you know are they stuck on anything uh, we get a lot of software updates um from mm-hmm. the tools that we use within our meetings so you know we're always kind of kept up there and anything you know 
try and promote anything that else that may our community may find useful um whether it's new you know what's new with new programs or you know this or that you know that you know other members are supporting other webinars on there we just started a a subcommittee for documentation so we we have as far as all the other committees go i think we have the most best practices uh, oh, yeah. in the industry already um we've decided to put a new focus and i started a subcommittee to try and get more help with that you know alleviate a little bit of pressure for myself you know obviously i can't write all of them i, I need you know some supporters to to write those but you know, try and get some best practice. I mean, one of, I think back to one of our simple best practices is just where they have the Z axis. And, you know, we set the standard of having the Z axis up. So it really allows for, you know, when you're sharing models and stuff that you're getting something that you can use right away mm. from somebody else. If, if you do some of these common little things on there. So we're looking for more things like that, that do best practice. And I, I always do a, a section that I call show and tell. And really it's to do some kind of demo or, or something with whatever 3D related software. Um, I'd love for more people to be part of it as far as showing what they're working on. Uh, typically that's a lot of where I get my ideas that I show stuff, uh, just showing you, you know, what I'm doing on a project and, you know, using 3D or, you know, something that came up, uh, whether it was creating drawings or creating a model. I think last, their last meeting, I just showed, uh, you know, how to, you know, work kind of smarter versus harder type of approach. And we're doing, um, putting a cabinet on a breaker and we're doing it a number of times, you know, where hmm. we're putting the same install where you're know, having a cabinet and conduit and you know, a bunch of pieces that go on there. So, you know, just that I created assembly that I can actually attach a little sub assembly that I can attach to another big assembly, but I can just copy it throughout. I really only had to build one built it a little smarter so that it can go in and, and plop on these other locations, but it just goes, you know, showed kind of a little bit of how I did that and that it can just, you know, get copied, you know, copied around and plopped around on all these other breakers. But I really only had to build one assembly to do that. And then, you know, you get that advantage of being able to quickly do, you know, I think it's six, seven breakers that we were doing. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. So now that the copy might work instead of putting all those pieces in, you know, seven times on the breaker, you know, that's a lot of work versus, oh, now I just copy my assembly, boom, over and <laughs> done. Uh, you know, on, to the on to the next one. So, you know, so, you know, I always try and bring something like that or, you know, if somebody has a question, you know, has a question for me, even like, you know, that I get ahead of time, maybe, ah, oh, I think that's a good one. I'll, I'll show um, what mm -hmm. we did, at least in a start conversation, you know, whether we're talking about, you know, vault or 3D, you know, some of the like folder setup. And we've yeah. had some good conversations that just started out like something simple like that, uh, talking about what to do with a vendor model or something, you know, yeah. that stuff. So really try and bring something that, you know, we can, everybody can use and get peace. I mean, uh, I had somebody saw the model that I was, you know, showing this past month and, and noticed something on there and asked me you know, a question about it, you know, later after the meeting, you know, send me an email and just, and it wasn't even something per se that I was presenting about, but just something that they noticed within the model and just asked me how I did that and yeah. what they were curious. So, then, you know, by showing stuff like that, you can, you'll generate questions like that, that maybe somebody, you know, they don't want to reach out on the call, but you know, they will reach out to you and, and more than happy to try and get you an answer. I tell her yeah. the time. Yeah. See, that's good. That's a good explanation of the monthly calls. And so for all the members you know, that are listening and 
thinking of joining and you know it's really that i love the show and tell i mean i some of the projects that you guys show mark thomas from duke and like you guys showed yeah, you know, just an example of like, I'm not saying this is the way to do it. I'm just showing you how we did it for this specific project. You know, people ask questions, you get to show them kind of, like you said, show and tell and go through it. I even like, I even like the technology stuff where, you know, some user will say something like, hey, have you ever tried this add-in for Inventor, right? And you get it from the Autodesk store and maybe it fills out bill of material. I don't know, anything like this. Everything is wide open. And the more open collaboration you have with just that kind of show and tell, man, the ideas that come out are amazing. Wow. You, you talk about the ideas. I think back to, you know, obviously you've been part of the consortium for a while, part of some of the tools that we've used. We've seen the, el- the evolution of some of those tools right. through, through the years. And you look back at some of the things that got changed or added to these tools it really came down to those monthly calls, those conversations, you know, in or the challenges that were brought up. I mean, how, you know, somebody asked, well, how can I get it, this to run from here to there, you know, A to B, it won't connect or, yeah. you know, I want to run, uh, I know in the beginning, you know, we can only run one cable at a time where you <laughs> want to run two or three, you know, multiple cables. And really that came apart, you know, some of that came apart of, you know, being in the monthly calls and people, you know, saying that they have, you know, challenges with this and presenting. And it wasn't, you know, something we kind of maybe worked through at the time, but the software eventually caught up in the tools that we used to some of those things. So I always mm. think of those enhancement ideas, a, a bunch of them have started within the monthly calls and, and whatnot and people talking to each other presenting their problems oh absolutely the, yeah the fixes yeah. that we've gotten yeah that's another great point for all the folks listening right i mean as a software person i used to leave those calls with like a list of things we had to look at and try to do and try to try to improve but you know that's a point for folks joining your call you know challenge the software guys you know you don't need to just listen and, and watch you, you gotta ask them Hey, can you do this or that? Or, you know, here's the challenge, you know, could you do that with the software? And yeah, it's all those enhancements come from those conversations. Yeah. I remember those early days, you'd you'd come with that list and we had to, you know, which, which ones do you want first? (laughs) Let's list the number of these things. And of course, if somebody, you know, always chimed in all, you know, first comment back, but I really wouldn't come down to it, you know, said, no, this is more important than this. And we'd work through it and, you know, you'd have your top 10 or whatever it might be from a yeah. list of 20 or 40 in the last three days. Yeah, no, you're right on the money, dude. I, all the memories are coming back. I remember <laughs> all those times we were doing it, but it, it's such a good thing. And it's the same with Autodesk or, you know, partners. We have Imagine It coming to meetings now. They're doing training. They have all these techniques and things. That, there's a lot of things that can happen from those including vault workflows, as you mentioned, right? Folders and different ways to do it. Once they, you know, they can listen to the calls, listen to the projects and they as vendors understand what we're trying to do with this utility space. And then they come back with like, Hey, you know, look at this example. It's a win-win all around. And I was going to ask you what you wanted from members, but I guess that's it, right? Bring your, bring your questions, bring your challenges, bring your Yeah, pretty much it's, it's, you know, even like I said before, it don't matter what, what level of experience you might be looking at something a little bit different that nobody else looked at. And it you know, might spur a conversation and enhancement needed or, you know, something yeah. that we can add to our model. I, I think about, uh, you know, we hear a lot with some of the, you know, 
as we go forward here in the committee's data. Data is everything um, as far as and what to do with that data really becomes, you know, what can you do with that data? I mean, there's you know, <laughs> guys the limit, I think, with some of that stuff. Obviously, there's some hurdles that we have in the utility aspect of things to about that data. But that really, you know, you can put with an intelligent model, you can put all kinds of data, usable data there that yeah. can be used by different things and really uh, look at some of the visions and the conversations we've had here in my company, PPL, that really that model that we're building, that 3D model with all this data is becoming the center point to almost everything hmm. out there. And really kind of neat when you think about it, when you, you're you working on something that everybody's going to use, everybody's going to see, gives you that importance and that pride in what you're creating. Right. Yep. Absolutely. And that's where we see all the conversations now around digital twins and, you know, this metaverse, <laughs> the spatial web, right? We, all of it needs that 3D content or otherwise there's not a lot to look at. Yeah. I mean, it, it's all got to be grounded somewhere. And really that seems to be for the most part and a lot of that, it's on the 3D model side of things. It seems to be, you know, where a lot of that stuff's going to be grounded at or linked mm. to based on the model, which presents its own challenges in there. But um, it's a nice, it's a nice challenge. It's, I think back to some of the things that I've accomplished with the 3d, it's always those getting those challenges completed and getting something to work the right way and to show up this way or write an logical <laughs> code and have it, have it function the way you want it to function. And I think those are always the neat things and kind of break up the day to day when you can get on some of those things and, and look into some of that new stuff. It's always good. Like, you know, it's one of the reasons we started that uh, innovative solutions committee with uh, Ernie Barton from Southern. I mean, that, yeah, the purpose is to look far down the road and see wh what's coming, you know, what's, what's really useful, not just the marketing noise around technology, but what, what are the, what are the things we could really take advantage of? And, you know, you need to think about that now as you're adding all this data to the 3d models, right? Like you need to, Kind of prepare at least to yeah. know what's coming down. The I always, I always tell people when you're looking at things, you got to have an eye to the future. And that was, you know, told to me, and I, I share that that same message. Um, you know, to keep an eye on, you know, it not just about what you want to do do today to accomplish today. It's about what do you want to do in the future. What would you like this to do? Because you can definitely. It's not that you would fail doing it in the future by no means, but it might be a little bit harder to correct it where, you know, you can do a simple way as you put things together today, individualized things today will help you tomorrow. And yeah. I think a lot of that comes from keeping that eye, you know, what, what could be next? Yeah, there you go. Yep. One little attribute in the metadata today. And all of a sudden you can do all these connections downstream. You didn't think about, but you have to go back and add it to 18,000 models. It's kind of... <laughs> <laughs> a little more painful. <laughs> I, I've, I've had to go through, you know, I'll speak from some of my experience. You know, when we started out, you, you had your pro your list of properties. And yeah. you know, well, when, you know, you're getting thrown all these models and the way we were doing everything, you know, just dumping and trying to build our library up and everything. Well, you know, some stuff got wasn't exactly perfect. And I forget, I remember how many parts were in the list? I mean, we're talking <laughs> hundreds, I think even thousands of parts that I had to go through. I think it was fixed one or two properties. <laughs> I literally had to go through our vault and fix uh, all these properties of all these parts. And I forget, 
I remember, you know, it's like, okay, today I'm going to work on it for an hour and just yeah. Yeah, cross these <laughs> off. <laughs> and it took me, it took me days, weeks to, to do it, but you know, <laughs> one of those things, but you can, you can manage. It was, you know, managed at least, you know, that we were able to, you know, somebody was able to, you know, capture the data and put it in a spreadsheet so I can kind of follow along. Okay. What did I need to edit? You know, what parts do I really need? And then find them and, it yep. wasn't that bad other than the fact that you had to go through the amount of parts that you actually had to go through. But uh, <laughs> since then, I think we're much better off, you know, hey, everything got updated and, and whatnot. So we don't have to worry about those uh, <laughs> hopefully happening again. Yeah. That's the kind of thing you do once and you never forget. <laughs> <laughs> nope. You never forget. That's <laughs> nah, a great points, man. And so I wanted to ask you before we finish up the uh, 10th anniversary, man, the live event going into Nashville, you, you've been around for so long at the SDSIC. Is there anything kind of special you want to see happening on the 10th year? Uh, just more people get involved. Uh, don't be afraid to, you know, speak up or, you know, bring your questions forward. Um, new and old people, it, it doesn't matter whether you've been there before and had just a couple people, you know, they, they've been there before, were a great part, and then, you know, jobs change or whatever, but we've seen them come back and uh, I encourage them to stay involved and for new people to get involved on there. But uh, there's no dumb questions, you know, that, that type of thing out there. So I think, uh, and hopefully, you know, we look back at these 10 years of where we, were in the beginning and you know you really for folks like myself that have been involved for so long you really see the growth of what's changed between you know what we do today and uh, what we had been doing and you know of course all the technology i mean like we said <laughs> before you know a lot of that stuff has been rooted in here at the consortium it's changed because of you know the challenges and stuff that we face together and whatnot so yeah. i'm encouraged to see what uh, what new things will be developing in the next 10 years and beyond yeah and it's uh, it's true like a lot of the evolution that comes from it you know from from the software vendors you know the sbs and autodesk and bentley out there now prim tech and all these guys coming in and and watching and listening and you have such a stronger voice with the sdsic because you're you know you're as strong as every single utility that's joined yeah, and it's not just you know one utility asking for a feature or an automation function or something. It's everybody that gets together, and it's kind of it's pretty compelling for a software vendor to listen to. Yeah, how they piece it all together, but you can see you know that the voice of the consortium has weight on these software companies, and you see the changes you know over the years that made to these programs and stuff for our benefit. So it's. Yeah they're not going to discover that stuff or, or do any of that stuff if nobody says anything. So, you know, somebody's got to say, bring it up. And then, you know, everybody, yeah, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. You know, yeah. it would really be nice if the program did that or, um, yeah. you know, work, work this way instead of that way. And, and we've seen those changes come, come across. So um, definitely yeah. our voice means something. There's been a lot of features that have been set up and come out of the SDSIC. Yeah, I mean, it's great that our software, you know, partners that have been involved, you know, they send folks to the face-to-face uh, -to -face that there, you know, you can chat and really see what the pains are, you know, what the challenges the consortium faces and, and really take that back to their companies and, and do something about it. So, yeah, it's encouraging. Awesome, man. Anything else you want to touch on before we close up? 
I, I just share a little bit, you know, for those out there, maybe, you know, looking at this and, and thinking about the benefits of 3D, I'll share a little bit of a story that we had as far as one of our, and this is going back a number of years hmm. um, now of an old project we were doing, you know, we were still kind of new at 3D. Um, we had, you know, kind of our philosophy done and, and, you know, model library built and you get challenged to do a project, um, a brownfield project. We were doing something that wasn't a little bit out of the norm that we were doing it was it was a small project but uh, the engineer really wanted to do it in 3d um one of the things we were changing the location of some switches and the field had concerns mm -hmm. on where that switch was would there be access to that switch and you know we kind of modeled all you know did the design and stuff in 3d worked through that and was able to you know the design went real quick because of you know a couple of visual aids just sharing some screenshots and and you can uh, created all that stuff but I remember going to a meeting you know a, a pre-construction meeting and you know the field was there and really plainly showed and didn't really use anything you know any kind of presentation software just really opened up the model we had mm -hmm. a uh, figure modeled of uh, like a six foot person just to show you know like you know how a person could be and really uh, it was a pole operated switch i just had them holding like a pole that you know a 10 foot pole that they would have used and just kind of moved them around the model with all within inventor huh. like i said no no fancy software uh, <laughs> in pre pre presenting but um and by showing them that answered there was no follow-up questions uh as wow. far as that issue that that made everything um answered all their questions would there be enough room to, to get back there and whatnot and so that was you know a great experience but as we continued on the project and we had to add steel to the structure and I, for whatever reason i don't remember i got to go out to the field and i got to actually talk to the field crew which you know drafter never does yeah <laughs> <laughs> never does but i was out there and they had they were doing two structures the same thing on both structures hmm. And uh, they had the one done and the guy told me, I said, you know, I was explaining to him that we did this in 3D, we did the new. So I'm just kind of curious, you know, how did things go? And he said, well, to be quite frank, this is the easiest project I've ever worked on. <laughs> and uh, nice. he, he said, the steel went up. He said, we've always had trouble. He said, I budgeted three days to hang the steel on, on the structure that needed to be hung up to hang the new equipment. They did it in a day because wow. everything went smoothly. He said, I have all the confidence in the world on the other side of it that it's going to go up just as smoothly and i i think back to that's you know that's one of the benefits of 3d being able to put all those pieces of steel together and you know kind of like bolt it together yourself within a program and mm -hmm. everything and, and you know have all the pieces they had all the pieces there were no material issues <laughs> with with anything at, at that site so you know really you know and that was one of our early on uh projects and stuff but to hear that that you know you know time was saved out in the field and material was you know done you know back to the design things just with the simple pictures and not even doing kind of like a full-on presentation just literally yeah. opening up the model and showing it you know answered everybody's questions it, it it went smooth from my perspective i don't know about you know other areas of the project or whatever but from my perspective on the physical side of things everything huh. uh, you, you couldn't i don't think you could have asked for anything better at that time wow yeah, yeah so you know just awesome. just wanted to share a little bit of you know some 
actual project experience applying this I, I think that's a little bit where some people struggle out with doing this we we want to get and we want to do 3d models but you know how do we apply it to those projects and hmm. you know it's on small projects like that that you can you know really try and start you can kind of work through some of those workflow things it's still not even some of the companies like ourselves that are starting you know really to do more and more you know look at there you know there's still challenges within that you know how do you get that day-to-day -day stuff in there and really it, it comes back to that model being the center point i mean we're working yeah. on something now where the drawings are becoming less and less important the actual 2d prints mm -hmm. which is which is ultimately when you talk to some people out there in the industry really where you want to go with this stuff you have a model now and you want to kind of put that model in the hands and that model be the record and stuff what do you need right. drawing for and they're, they're really just being treated for construction <laughs> I mean, it seems uh, that, that's, you know, kind of our latest of what we're oh. doing and trying to accomplish. Uh, yeah, it's such a good message because, you know, it, it, I mean, it's more work to get the model library set up than it is to modify 2D brownfield prints, you know, old station prints. It's a lot easier to stretch them and clean them and just modify stuff that way. It's a lot more work, obviously, to build a a 3D model library and get it up. But there's so many benefits that it just quickly, as you just said, three days to one day in the field. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's expensive. Yeah, from, yeah, from where I came from in a manufacturer, I mean, time in the field was everything. You know, it didn't matter, you know, kind of somewhat the time that we spent in the office. If we could save that time in the field, cut any of that down uh, from having a crew or equipment out there, if you can cut any of that down, the company was saving money. Or, you know, making more money you know, because, you know, we can put them on other projects and stuff. So that was the name of the game. So I think yeah. anytime you hear any of that, it's people perk their, you know, their ears perk up. <laughs> <laughs> and we're not, you know, so, that, yeah, that, I could save time. I could save money then, you know, it's, yeah. it's all about the important dollar. Yeah. Well, and you think of, the, you know, the field crew that's out there and having to be out there for three days versus one day. Yeah, or, you know, if you're trying to do, get something done in between weather, you know, oh, the storm mm. just cleared up and we, we got an opening, but it's only going to be so long until the next one rolls in. Yeah. You know, and, and when you talk about, you know, in our environment, outages. So the less, the least amount of time you need to take that out, outage, the better. Yeah, there you go. Yep. yep. Well, that's where it starts to pay off, right? So. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Thanks, man. Yeah, that's such a good message, man. I love it. You're promoting the physical group already. <laughs> <laughs> always promoting, always selling. <laughs> so there you go. Join Josh, get on the calls. Uh, show and tell is awesome and bring your questions, right? No bad questions. Yep. No bad questions. Love to hear from you. Awesome. Thanks for doing this today, Josh. Yep. Thank you. And don't for anybody listening out there, feel free to reach out to me anytime. Awesome. Thanks, man. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Power Up Podcast today. If you enjoyed this conversation and you're not yet a member of the SDSIC, join for free at sdsconsortium.com. Be part of the community and all these great conversations. And maybe you'll be the next guest on the Power Up Podcast. <laughs>